Welcome to the Postpartum Coach Podcast, where we embrace our needs as moms, we learn to lead ourselves first, then our families, and where we create our own healing from the inside out to find our way to the work we were meant to do in this world. I'm your host, a fellow mom of three and a certified life coach, Lizzie Langston. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this bonus episode. This is a special bonus episode number 48. I am here in support of postpartum moms as the postpartum coach. For those who maybe don't know me, my name is Lizzie Langston. I'm a mom of three and I'm the postpartum coach. So I work with moms with postpartum depression and anxiety, and I'm here today in support of any moms who are postpartum who are also not only trying to manage being postpartum, which is enough in and of itself as we all know. But then we've got a worldwide pandemic that we are still sort of coming through. We're we're kind of getting close to the finish line here in the United States, but we don't know that for sure. It could flare up again, right? Not to spark your anxiety, but it's a possibility. Yeah. Then we've got the George Floyd incident with the police officer that killed George Floyd. Um, trying not to trigger anyone, just getting clear on like where we're all at. So we're on the same page. And then we've got, um, the riots, right? So some unrest. And I just have been, I have a lot of clients. I've got, you know, lots of postpartum mom clients who are in it. They are in the anxiety. I've had you guys booking free consults with me. So if you don't already know, I do one-on-one private coaching and you can hire me and the information to do that will be at the end of this episode. But long story short, I have a quick and tidy episode today. I really just want to be here for you and respond to what I'm assessing as the postpartum coach with all of the moms going on. What's, what's going on right now. So we've been through a lot and especially if you had to do labor and maybe your family couldn't come in, maybe it was just your husband, maybe your husband couldn't even come in, whatever hospital you were in postpartum has looked very different in 2020. Um, and today I want to just offer some strategies for peace and we're going to talk a lot about feelings and what to do with them. And it might not be the sexiest topic, but let me tell you, having coached a lot of postpartum moms, having been postpartum myself, although not through a pandemic, but being the leader of mothers, postpartum mothers through this pandemic, I'm going to give you some really practical, easy strategies. So the first one we're going to start together right now, we're just going to dive right in guys. We're going to go into our body. Okay. And this is a tool that I do with my clients, but I just want to give you a taste of this on the podcast because I genuinely think it will help you. And I want you to come back to this anytime you need more support. Um, you can also for future reference too, um, if you just get on YouTube and if you Google or not, I guess I call it a Google search, but if you YouTube search body scan, okay. And specifically a body scan for anxiety, the reason this is important, and I'm just going to tell you real quick and then we'll do it together. But anxiety is all up in your head. Anxiety thrives when you're in your head, but when you get down into your body, it becomes a safe refuge. I want you to think about a cross country skier or just a, yeah, like who's going over, let's say you're going over an icy lake and you're trying to be really careful because the ice could break and you don't want to fall in the wider you spread out that surface area of your skis, right? If you're just walking in high heels, like the chances of you falling in is greater, but if you have a big wide ski shoe or whatever they're called, like a cross country ski to distribute your body weight through the surface area of that ski, it's going to be less likely that you just fall into the, the fragile ice, right? That it cracks the ice and that you fall in. And it's the same thing, you guys, when it comes to anxiety, when we stay up in our head, that's the equivalent of us, um, 
walking in high heels on the ice or even just in our two feet. There's not a good distribution of the all the emotions. And so they get kind of trapped in one spot and it just gets out of control. But when we can take all that energy that kind of gets up in our head with anxiety and get it down into our body, spread it out through our body and be aware. And we do that through a body scan. It is so much easier to go from there. I have more steps beyond there, but that's the first one. So here we go. I want you to close your eyes. And if you can pause the episode, maybe put on a show for your kids, really take some time out for you, mama, like with everything that's going on, make space for you. So get into a quiet place if possible, but even if not close your eyes and I want you to start at the top of your head. I want you to put your attention towards it. Just imagine with your eyes, your mind's eye. I want you to imagine all of the little hairs all over your head. Okay. This is all about just bringing awareness. You might have thoughts as I take you through this, like, this is weird. I've never done this before. This isn't even going to help me. Why would I do it? Right. But that's just your anxiety talking and running and it's, it's going full speed. It's really, maybe it's up and it's heightened right now. And so that's okay that that's happening, but just notice that that's the anxiety talking. And if you follow that voice, it's not actually going to help you be calm. So follow my voice, choose to trust me as your guide for a moment. And what I want you to do is just draw awareness to the top of your head. I want you to draw awareness to the temples on the side of your head. Maybe even touch them with your fingertips and really connect with them. Touching is such a, an act of love. Touch those temples and feel the squishiness, right? Where your brain is that sweet brain that protects you and tries to keep you alive all day long. And I don't want you to focus on what's going on in that brain. I just want you to notice the sensation of touching with your fingertips. Are they cold when they touch your temples? Are they hot? Again, if you hear noises in the background, if anything else is going on in your mind, in your body, just come back to this touch point between your fingertips and your temples, okay? Now we're going to move the fingertips from the temples down to your earlobes. Let's touch your earlobes. What do those feel like? Maybe you have earrings in. What do those feel like? Are they cold? Do they make a noise when you touch them? Next, I want you to move to your jaw, the joint of the bottom jaw, where if you're going to talk, it moves up and down. And I want you to, as you touch the jaw points on both sides of your face, I want you to give it love. And I want you to thank your jaw for all that it enables you to do. Have you ever thought about how much your jaw does for you in a day? Maybe because your jaw works for you and opens your mouth, you're able to sing. Maybe you love singing. Maybe you're able to um, remind your kids that there's danger. Now, you might be thinking about some shame about the last time you yelled at your kids. And that's okay too. Anything that comes up, just let it come up. But as you do, continue to love on your jaw and just touch it. If your jaw feels tight, right? Maybe your jaw feels a little bit tight right now. I want you to massage it, okay? Now, from your jaw, we're going to move down to your neck and your throat, okay? And you can even take now not just your fingertips, but your whole hand, both hands. Feel free to completely cover your neck in love from your hands and sensation. Just be rich in sensation. I want you to put your hands all over your neck, not in like a sexy way, but just like a loving way. But if it feels sexy, that's okay too. Okay. And I want you to just put both your hands all over your throat. Maybe if you 
You can go like this, and say out loud, and you can feel the vibrations in your throat. This is all about connecting with your body. You might have some thoughts come up like, this is weird. I've never done this before, and that's okay. Just notice those thoughts and then go back to this experimenting. Be willing to connect with your body. What if you trusted that your body is a vessel to distribute your emotions? What if your body has something to teach you today as you're willing to be with it? So from your neck, now we're going to go down to your shoulders. And I want you to just, if it feels good to pinch your shoulders, maybe you know that fleshy part, those muscles, your traps right above your collarbones. Just be willing to really pinch those, rest into them. If it feels good to just play them like a piano, like firmly just massage them. What has been on your shoulders? I want you to have a moment of compassion with yourself and think about all that's been on your shoulders, okay? Now, while you're touching your traps and kind of massaging them, feel free to to, um, move your neck around, okay? Okay, now I'm going to pause here and I'm going to let you finish that body scan. Isn't that amazing? So I encourage you to go all the way down after this episode to your chest, maybe even touch your breasts, right? Put your hands on your belly. What's going on there? What, what's happening? Do you hear gurgling? Okay, down to your vagina. Oh my gosh, I said the word. Down to your hips. Do they feel tight? What are your legs doing? All the way down to your feet, your shins, your toes, okay? So continue that. In the meantime, I want to talk to you about what you might be doing with your emotions. During the pandemic and the George Floyd and the riots, everything that you might be thinking about, seeing things on Facebook, things people have said to you, you've probably had some emotions come up. I know for me, I've had fear. I have a brother that lives in LA, right in the middle of everything right now, the National Guard's in his neighborhood. They've got bags packed just in case they have their car charged. Like they don't know what's going to happen. I've been praying for them, but I've had feelings come up. I've had lots of feelings, fear. I've had feelings of shame for being white and for, you know, all the things that I've been reading about and learning about, and I'm not going to go into politics here. The point is there's four ways we can handle emotions at any time. Okay. And emotions, they can be, feelings are everywhere right now. Emotions can be sticky like glue and they can become a problem for us depending on how we respond to them. Or emotions can be like purifying water that cleans us out. Emotions can lead us to a new place. They can create a new pathway or they can obstruct us. They can become dead weight in us if we're not dealing with them and managing them in a healthy way. It's all in what you do with them. So today's episode, I'm going to give you the four ways that people, human beings respond to emotions. And there's only one of them that is the way that's going to turn the emotions into working for you instead of against you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So the first thing that you might be doing that I just want to like make us all aware of and that I used to do before I found the tools of life coaching and let's be real still happens sometimes is I would avoid my emotions. Okay. So what this looks like is 
we don't even really let them come to the surface. We kind of shove them back down before they even really get a chance to come into our awareness. Sometimes people who are really big avoiders of emotion, it's very subconscious. Now, you know that this is you if you don't even know you have emotions going on, but all of the sudden you have like a huge breakdown or break out. Okay. So um, if you feel like you're not very connected to what your emotions are doing and you're very surprised by your own reactions because you really just don't have a lot of awareness of your emotions and like all of the sudden when they come to the surface in really big ways, then you in a kind of a shocking, surprised way, find out what your emotions are you're probably an avoider of your emotions. Your relationship to your emotions, when you avoid them, it's a, it's very distant. It's a distant relationship. I want you to think about if you had a relationship to your, to your emotions, if you had to describe that, what would it be like? Okay. So if you are an avoider of emotions, it's distance, you're, you're unaware. And, um, that is avoidance. Okay. It's particularly easy to avoid our emotions right now, I'm not calling you out. I'm not shaming you if this is you, but if you are a white person, like we have the sort of ability to go ahead and just avoid all of this. Cause we're like, eh, it doesn't really affect me. We could say that it totally does affect us. I think, but we, it's tempting to go there. So if that's you, like you might be, it might be like, if you're if you, if before George Floyd stuff and pandemic, you were already sort of an avoider of emotions, you might find yourself just wanting to tune out because you want to avoid everything that would be coming up for you. If you were to tune in again, not shaming you for that, not calling you out for that. I even did that a little bit, like in day one of everything, I was like, Oh, this is just the media blowing everything out of proportion. But that's just because I was scared to actually find out what was really going on and actually be a part of the conversation. I didn't know how to deal with my emotions that might come up if I did that. So if that's you, you might be avoiding. And again, no shame. That's just really normal. It's common. That's a lot of times how humans want to do things. The second way you might be responding to any of the big emotions that might be coming up inside of you into the circumstances that are not typical that are happening right now is you might be reacting. You're probably seeing a lot of this on Facebook. A lot of people are reacting to their pain on Facebook and they are shaming other people. And it goes both ways. White people are shaming black people. Black people are shaming white people. Black people are shaming black people. White people are shaming white people. And it's not just shaming. There's a lot of name calling. There's a lot of, um, criticizing. Okay. And that's just people reacting to their pain. If I had to describe what your relationship with your emotions would be like if you are a reactor or if you, I'm not going to give you a label. Like these are just things we do at different times. We go through different phases. I've done all of these. So when we are reacting, I should say to our emotions, it feels hot. It feels loaded. It feels very present. And it's just like you shout it out or you hit someone or you, um, type something, you know, nasty on Facebook and just boom, hit publish. It's just like you, you want to bring pain or release your own pain or whatever the emotion is, anger, frustration, and it gets out of you. And sometimes it's in such a fast and aggressive way, because again, you're reacting to this emotion that you regret it later. Um, it's not usually the most effective way to do it, but that's okay. We're just studying what reacting is. Now I didn't mention this yet, but let me just tell you, this is also important to note, which is that an emotion or a feeling is just a sensation in our body. Okay. And that's, I want to tell you about that because when it comes to reacting to emotions, 
All that you're reacting to are some sensations in your body that you don't want to feel. Okay. Like for example, let's say I feel frustration. I actually have, I'm on Instagram at Lizzie Langston, L-I-Z-Z-I-E-L-A-N-G-S-T-O-N. I'm on there almost every day. If you want to come hang out, it's fun. But I have in my Instagram highlights, one of my highlights is called emotions maybe, or something like that. And anyway, it's me processing the sensation of frustration in my body. And so every single emotion that we have a language word label for like anger, sadness, frustration, whatever, embarrassed. These are all actually just a set of sensations that we feel. And we put names on these sets of sensations to just be able to communicate, but they actually feel really sometimes different for each person. You know, embarrassment for me might show up in my cheeks, whereas embarrassment for you might show up, I don't know, like maybe you turn your feet inward and you put your hands behind your back. Whatever it is for you, it might be different, but you'll never know. We will never know if we don't go into our bodies and explore what those sensations are. So when it comes to, we are reacting to a sensation, sometimes it's just uncomfortable, right? There's some sensations that are uncomfortable. We call positive and negative emotions such because like the positive emotions supposedly feel more positive. They feel more comfortable for us. Whereas the negative emotions don't feel as comfortable, but really it's all just vibrations, sensations, okay. Happening in the body. And then we have names for them and we call them things. Now, why this is important again is because when it comes to reacting, just remember if you're willing to just notice what the sensation is and put your mental focus on it, it doesn't feel nearly as important or urgent to react to it. And that's a really good way to slow down your reactions. So you can learn more about that earlier on the podcast. I think it's episode 42. It's in the forties somewhere and it's called how to process emotions. But yeah, that's basically a wrap for reacting. I think we've all watched a human being react to their emotions, whether they hit someone or, you know, whatever it is. And basically I want you to think of reacting as trying to release the emotion, whether you're and but it has to do with other people. So whether you're hitting somebody else and causing them physical pain, or you are yelling and blaming them, all of it is just because we aren't allowing the emotion. We aren't willing to just feel it and be with it. So it just goes, you know, it's created in us and then it goes out through us. It's kind of like the, the emotion takes over us and kind of owns us, right? This is how accidents quote accidents happen when people are lashing out to their big emotions and they didn't want to hurt that person or do that thing, but they have these big emotions or whatever. Now you can start to see, right. As you think back about what happened with George Floyd, for example, and that police officer, how it would be really nice if more people in the world learned how to not react to their emotions. It's kind of sad that that police officer had such big hatred, you know, negative emotions towards George Floyd that he actually, you know, ended his life. Um, but you can see how this could be a game changer for the world. If we could really understand how to not just react, but how to slow down and just feel and be present with the sensations until they dissipate instead of really boom, letting them explode through us. Okay. I apologize in advance. If you guys hear kids playing doorbells ringing, my house is gladly to my heart. It is the house that lots of kids like to come play at in our little cul-de-sac, which is beautiful. Um, and I just happen to be finishing up this episode at the end of the day when they're all out downstairs playing. So, all right, let's move into, um, way number three. So we can either 
avoid, right? Was number one, react number two, or resist. If you have a lot of anxiety, listen up. Resisting emotion is when you are just trying to stay busy. Resisting emotion is not as subconscious as avoiding it to where it just totally surprises you. You do have some awareness that these emotions are coming up, but you also don't want to feel them. They particularly, you're like, they don't feel good. Maybe you're making it mean something negative about you if you have this emotion come up. And so you just kind of try to shove them back down. So like they've come all the way up and you've seen them. You've even felt them for a bit. And you're also like, I don't want to feel this. So it's a lot more conscious than avoiding them. Um, you are staying busy. You're trying to maybe clean your house. You're going gardening. You're trying to do things specifically so that you do not have to feel. Maybe you go on a jog. And again, some of the ways we resist emotion can be not necessarily unhealthy ways or things, right? Like it's not like we're watching porn or, you know, binging and eating two tubs of ice cream. That would maybe be considered a little less healthy, Resisting emotion also can be done with things like jogging or maybe sewing with some music on so you don't have to feel that emotion. Now, again, this isn't a judgment call. This isn't bad or good. This is really just one of the ways that we often handle our emotions as humans. The way that this becomes a problem is when um, we do it so much that we start to have a lot of anxiety because there's just a lot of emotion in us that we haven't taken a look at. I want you to imagine if you had like a nice, tidy, um, collection of yarn and it was all in its own little piles, nice and neat in your little yarn closet. And then one of your kids came through and just like ripped, you know, the little sticker tab things that keep all the yarn balls separate and came through and pulled the things here and there. And you open this closet and it's all just a big jumbled mess. And if you didn't stop and organize that closet of yarn balls, like it could potentially get knotted and um, be starting to fall out of the closet and you, it would obstruct your ability to reach the other stuff in the closet, right? This is what happens with our emotions, you guys. That's what anxiety oftentimes is, um, is when we have other emotions, multiple emotions that are piled up. So, you know, or for example, with the George Floyd thing, let's say... I hate to, I just so you know, when I say the George Floyd thing, so nonchalantly don't think that it doesn't mean a lot to me. And that I haven't felt a lot of feelings about it. Okay. I have, and I'm in teaching mode. I'm going to get you guys some really good tools so that you can have some help and guidance. So, um, it, it does hurt my heart and I have a lot of thoughts about it, but I'm not going to go into that here. Cause I just want to, um, my thoughts are my own. I just want to help you guys, you know, handle your emotions in a way that's going to help you show up the way you want to show up. So going back to everything with George Floyd. And, you know, it, it's, I know a lot of moms have said my clients and myself included, we've had a lot of thoughts and a lot of emotions over the span of like two or three days. And I know for me, I sat down at my desk to work this morning and gratefully a couple things I had scheduled didn't end up happening because I was able to have that time to just deconstruct this anxiety. In other words, I was organizing my yarn ball closet. Okay. So I was like, wow, it's really messy in here. Let me take a look. Let me see what goes back where. And I didn't even call it messy. I just was like, these are some feelings. I feel anxiety and I don't know why I had a big question mark. And so what I did is I just, this is number four, you guys, is I allowed the anxiety. So number three is resisting. And again, if I would have to describe the, if your relationship with your emotions, when you're resisting them is it's kind of like a wrestle. It's like a, a really exhausting wrestle. I want you to think of a beach ball. You're laying on top of it and you're trying to get it to go back down under that water. But what does that beach ball just have to do? It has to float. 
it has to come up to the surface and just glide gently across the surface. It will take up its space, whether you want it to or not. That's like our emotions. And so resisting just feels like this big battle. Whereas allowing is what I did this morning and not to like toot my own horn, but I just want to give you guys, you know, cause I'm a real person and I don't always just allow my emotions. Sometimes I resist them. Sometimes I avoid them. Sometimes I react to them. A lot of times, actually, I have three little kids ages six, four and a half and two and a half. And so of course, all these things, I go through all the things, but I've had coaching. I've had a life coach now for a couple years almost. And I've been a coach for a couple years now too. And so I've really have a lot of experience trying to do this. And when big stuff comes up, I'm, I'm almost better with the big stuff than the little things here and there. Um, and so when, when everything happened this last weekend, um, and I actually didn't watch the news, but I just heard about it through Facebook and Instagram and, um, gathered the information that I wanted to, I, two days, three days later had a chest full of anxiety. And so I sat down to do my work day and there was the anxiety and gratefully in this moment, I had the time and space to be able to feel it. Although I could have made an excuse and filled it in with other things, but it's true. I know maybe you're thinking, well, how do I allow my emotions and take space to really unpack them and process them when I have a house full of little kids. And honestly, the answer to that is it just depends on the day, but if it's a priority for you, you will be able to do it. And we'll talk more about that, some strategies in a minute. But, um, what I did this morning is I felt this anxiety and the way that you allow anxiety and actually any emotion, not just anxiety. I use anxiety because I help a lot of postpartum moms through their postpartum anxiety, but any emotion that comes up, the way you, that you allow an emotion is you, you, um, go into your body, just like, kind of like we did with the body scan at the beginning of this episode, but you just tend to the sensations and you let them be where they are. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at I want you to think of your emotions. You guys, this is something that just occurred to me this year and it's been a game changer. Your emotions are part of you. When you resist or avoid or react to an emotion, you are resisting or avoiding or reacting to yourself. That emotion, as long as it was created in your body, it's part of you, just like a baby. Okay. It is an iteration of you. And so when we shame ourselves because we're feeling a feeling and we don't want to have that feeling, that's like saying you don't want to have your left arm. (laughs) Okay. I want you to think of it that way. Maybe that seems a little extreme, but how would it change? How would you handle your emotions differently at all times? If you claimed them, if you took full responsibility for them, and if you actually even just really almost had like a loving relationship with them and was curious about them at all times. Like I'm willing to take you out and look at you because you're part of me. You came from me, right? Your thoughts in your brain created the sensations, the emotions in your body and your thoughts are your own. So to the degree that we understand that our feelings come from our thoughts and our thoughts are ours, doesn't mean that's who we are, right? Because our brain offers us like 70,000 thoughts a day on average. And so of course, you know, we can't be held responsible as far as like our identity. Like we are who our thoughts are. You are not your thoughts. Okay. But 
um, when you do take responsibility for the emotions in your body and you're just compassionate and curious for them, that's when you allow them, you make space for them. Just like you would again with a new baby, just like we do with our new babies, we allow them, we make space for them. We're willing to recover our body. If we birthed naturally, right? We're willing to spend more money in the budget. We make space and how could your life be different if you did that with your emotions? So let me give you a couple of examples and kind of ways to do this. So I already kind of gave you the example, which is this morning I sat down at my desk and I just let myself feel the anxiety. And I started to just ask myself, actually, you know what I did is I Marco Polo a friend because I honestly didn't have the guts to sit down with a pen and paper and just look at it myself. But I have a really close friend who's also a coach. And I just got on Marco Polo with her and I spilled all the beans and I said, okay, I'm feeling anxiety right now and I don't know why. So I'm going to talk through it and explore why this might be coming up. I have so many thoughts and feelings. And immediately when I said that sentence, I have so many thoughts and feelings, all the emotions just, it was like, I gave them permission because I was like, okay, it's time to come up now. What do you got? Right. It's like your child, your toddler hiding in the closet. It's it's okay to come out now. I'm not going to be mad. I'm not going to shame you. I'm not going to yell at you. What's wrong? what's going on, right? You kind of do have to talk to yourself that way. If you want to allow your emotions and not react to them and not avoid or resist them, but that's what I did. And so as I started talking and I just kept talking and just in this explorative, curious, compassionate attitude towards myself, the emotions came up. I was able to not only process them, but have the idea and the emotional space to go ahead and record this bonus episode. I've been serving clients all day. There's so much that we can do when we allow our emotions and on the converse, when we don't allow them, when we react to them, resist them or avoid them, they take up so much more space. So it's either you make space for them or they take up way more space than they would. If you would just make space for them, Uh, emotions, just, they just want to be seen. They just want to be heard in your body. Okay. So some questions, I hope this is making sense to you guys. If you have any questions at all, please reach out to me. I'm just Liz Langston coaching at gmail.com or you can find me on Instagram at Lizzie Langston and send me a DM. I love hearing from you guys no matter what, but some questions you can ask yourself when you're feeling some emotions and you're like, okay, I don't want to react. I don't want to resist. I don't want to avoid. How do I allow this? Some questions I like to ask myself is first of all, what is this feeling? What am I feeling? Maybe you could just start by naming or just your best guess on what you might be feeling. What's the emotion? Maybe it's anxiety. Like in my example, the next thing is where does it want to be in my body? Where is it in my body? It's already there. Where is it? So for me, if I'm feeling anxiety, it's often in my chest. I feel compression in my chest. It feels tight. It sometimes it feels a little bit painful on the um, outside kind of near my pec muscles, like the outside of my chest feels a little painful. It feels restricted in my breathing. Um, it feels anxiety also feels fast in my body. My heart is pumping fast. Um, my blood feels like it's going fast. Sometimes it feels, um, up and down in my chest, like big breaths. It feels sometimes a little bit hot. Like I'll get sweaty or I'll in my armpits or like my hands will get sweaty. So that's what I mean when I say, where does it want to be in my body? First of all, body parts. And then, um, what does it feel like? So the sensations also, what is this emotion trying to tell me? I want you to think about your emotions as sort of a signal to you. So what is this emotion trying to teach me? These questions, friends can make the difference between something like this George Floyd happening and everything to follow, or even the pandemic, it can make the difference between these things being showstoppers in your life and taking you under versus you becoming more resilient of a human being 
because of these things. It's all in how you handle your emotions. Okay. Now, if you want to be resilient through this time and, or if you are feeling like the amount of anxiety or all any other feelings that you're feeling are just overcoming you to an extent that you feel like you can't show up to your family and in the world and to yourself as who you really are. If you feel like you don't recognize yourself, if you feel like this is getting urgent and kind of dangerous almost, or really concerning, whether you've talked to your husband about it or not, whether you're being honest with him or frankly yourself or not, I see you, I hear you, I get it. And I want to offer you my coaching. So I offer weekly hour long coaching sessions where we take a deep dive. Sometimes if my clients are feeling a lot of anxiety, when they come to the call, we'll even do one of those amazing body scans that we did at the beginning of this episode. I help you be calm with me for the time on the call. And we work through your anxiety. We use a tool that's called the model, which helps you look at separate out, I should say circumstances, which are like the facts of the things happening in the world. And then your thoughts about them and your thoughts are where all of your emotions are coming. I also help you learn how to process your emotion in your body. I teach you that in a tailored personal way. We look at your particular thought patterns and there's no way that I can't help you if you work with me. Now, what I do is I set up a consult. So if you are like not sure, or you're like, I don't know if she's ever seen a case this bad. I really don't know. You're doubting a little bit. That's what the consult call is for. So I offer a free hour long consult so you can get a taste of my coaching. We talk about what's not working your pain points. And then also how you want to be showing up, right? Like we can't change our circumstances, but we can have power over who we are during these times. And if you want more control in that area, if you want to bridge the gap between how you are showing up and how you really desire to show up, I can help you with that. So come to the consult call. And then at that point, I'll tell you all about my prices and everything too. To book a consult, you go to lizzielangston.com forward slash consult. That's L-I-Z-Z-I-E-L-A-N-G-S-T-O-N dot com forward slash consult. And you can book a spot on my calendar there. Then I will call you at the time that you've chosen. And it'll just be me just like on the podcast, but in your ear on the phone and we'll talk it through. I also give a lot of access to my clients in between sessions. So that's something to consider as well. You, you don't just have me for six months, an hour a week. You have me for six months. I give daily support to my clients who want it or need it. Some use it more than ever others, but it is so beautiful. I love the work that I do. I want you to know that I'm here as the postpartum coach because I am passionate, extremely passionate about serving postpartum moms. I believe that postpartum, especially during a worldwide pandemic and political movements happening before our eyes, I believe that postpartum is an opportunity to start a new chapter for yourself and your family in a lot of ways. I believe that postpartum, just like your body opened up and your ligaments loosened to have that baby. I believe that our mind and our emotions do that too. And that coaching is such an opportunity during the postpartum time specifically to reprogram yourself and to reset yourself. If it's going to be hard, you might as well get a coach and make it work for you. Turn that pain into purpose going forward. That is my passion. That's what I did. That's what I believe in. You can hear more about my story at the beginning of my podcast, and I will see all of you guys here next week. Don't forget to just subscribe. If you are new, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Leave me a review. If you've appreciated this episode, that's the best way to give back to me. 
is leave me a review here on iTunes, Apple podcasts. And I will talk to you guys next week, actually later this week, because this is a bonus episode. So I'll see you here with a new episode on Friday. Talk soon y'all. Bye. Hey, Lizzie here. I've helped dozens of postpartum moms, just like you to manage their postpartum anxiety and deconstruct their postpartum depression. It's really easy for me. So if you're ready to feel better, I know the way. Let's chat on the phone. Set up a time by going to lizzielangston.com forward slash consult. It's pretty simple and I will be calling you soon.